Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at Mommy Diary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hi, friends. Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. Today is the 13th episode. Wow, I can't believe it's already been 13 episodes already. Before I begin, I just wanted to give a disclaimer that today's episode might be a little more sad and triggering for some of you. I'll be talking about the death of my pet, my family pet, Bibi. Um, I lost her suddenly a little over a week ago, and I am still grieving. It's been a really, really rough uh, seven, eight days emotionally, and I want to be able to talk to you guys without crying. That's my goal. So if you want to continue to listen, please stay with me. And if you find this triggering and you have to turn off the episode, don't worry. I won't be offended. I completely understand. So hi, friends. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I've been posting a lot about my pet BB. She was my baby. And I don't know. Um, luckily, none of you guys have said this to me, but I know there's some people out there who may think it's only a dog. But no, she was not just a dog. She was really my baby, of course, you know, as my family grew and I became a mom to one and two and three and four children, you know, I didn't get to have enough time and space for BB because my human children came first. They certainly did. But I'm realizing that doesn't mean that our fur babies don't have a very special place in our hearts. They have a very, very special role in our lives. And I'm still trying to figure it all out. And I just wanted to record this episode and share with you guys um, what the grief process looks like. And um, I'm just realizing that, you know, when you're a parent, when you have children, you can't even grieve. And I never really thought about this, but how sad is it that we parents don't have the space or the time to grieve when we're sad because of our children, because we are first and foremost caretakers of our kids. And if you have multiple children, you may not have help. You may have to just, you know, like suck it up and move through your day. I had to throw a birthday party for my son. He just turned four and that day was just so hard. And, you know, I want to get to that later, but um, a little story about me and Bibi. So she was actually the daughter of our very first family pet, Lola. And what's funny is that we lost Lola. When we were on a trip, my husband was the only one back home. He left the dogs outside. They're in our backyard a lot because that's where they play. And our pool guy came and he left the back gate opened. We saw everything play out in the video on the video camera, the security camera. He didn't even call to let us know that our dog had ran out. And by the time my husband came home, it's been like five hours since Lola was gone. I was 
pregnant. I had just found out I was pregnant with my son. I was devastated and heartbroken. Rushed back home. We put up signs everywhere and we never found her. And Lola was microchipped. She had a collar with my name and my number on it. So I know that she was probably kept by another family. If they wanted to find me, they could have easily found me. So that was really sad. But for some reason, it didn't feel the same. Like I was sad, but I almost felt like, okay, well, maybe Lola's time with us is just here. And I'm just thankful that she gave us Bibi. That was her baby girl. So uh, my dad's a vet. So because my dad's a vet, I am a little more like comfortable with, you know, having my pets give birth and, you know, do all of those things because I have my dad to take care of it all. So when we got this family pet, Lola, she's a toy poodle. My dad said, let's um, have babies, just one round. And, and then they'll, he'll fix her. And Lola was such a sweet dog. And when she was pregnant, we knew she was going to have about five to six babies. And because I had two daughters, I was planning to keep a boy. My husband and I decided, let's have a boy in our family. And when Lola gave birth, she ended up giving birth to five boys and one girl. And immediately, as soon as I saw Bibi, I just knew that she was ours. So we changed our minds. We said, okay, we're going to keep the girl. This little girl is so special. And she was the sweetest, sweetest fur baby. I mean, she's the sweetest soul. Like from the, from the day she was born, she was just an angel. Like gave us no trouble. She was so easy to manage. You know, like other puppies, they would cause trouble. Like they'll bite my shoes. They'll rip up my, um, papers. Um, I have one dog that chew up my sunglasses, expensive sunglasses. You know, puppies get into trouble, but BB, none of that and she was just this perfect gentle lap dog like if you have her on your lap she can just sit there for hours and she was such a lady like she always did this thing with her hands her paws where she was such an elegant little lady we used to call her a little lady she was the perfect perfect dog and you know growing up as a veterinarian's daughter I saw the birth and the death of animals my whole life. Um, when we used to live in Korea, we used to live in the back of my dad's hospital. So when I come home from school, I would see like uh, this dog that was there earlier give birth to, you know, puppies. And sometimes I'll come home and I'll find that this dog that was struggling earlier had died. So, you know, it was very interesting. And I think because I saw so many dogs and animals, you know, being born and dying, it never really hit me so hard. I, I saw it as, you know, I under, I believe in afterlife and I believe that all animals go to heaven. And I know that, you know, death is not in our control. I know it's all about God and up to God. So I really never thought that the death of my pet would hit me this hard because I would think, you know, there's a greater reason. You know, this is in God's hands. Like there's not much I can do. And you know, you guys know, I always talk about state of surrender, which I still believe in. But wow, when I saw BB dead in her crate, I mean, my heart just broke into pieces. So she hasn't been feeling well for the past couple of weeks. She was feeling a little weak. And the worst part of all this is it happened when I was on a press trip with my family. So when we travel, we have our babysitter come and dog sit. So she'll come, she'll stop by our house once a day 
and you know change out their water, make sure they're okay, take them outside for some fresh air. And this is something that we've been doing for years now. And Bibi knows our nanny well. And on the way back home, I got a text message like from my nanny saying Bibi's not acting well, you know, something's off. And I didn't think anything of it because Bibi was always a very healthy dog. You know, I never actually took them to the vet because my dad's a vet. So whenever my dad comes home, he'll do checkups and, you know, all their vaccinations, everything was already done like in-house and she had no health issues. And during that time, something happened and we couldn't figure out what, like she wasn't walking right. So we thought it was like a muscular type of issue. My husband took her to the vet because it's just easier when my husband does these things because I have a breastfeeding baby at home. So wherever I go, Gia goes. So I like to just be home with the baby. So my husband went, said, you know, the vet says everything looks fine. You know, she got some pain meds and it just takes time. And then, you know, a little later, I had a family emergency. So I had to travel to Seattle. So for that, that whole entire week was consumed with me just being there for my family. When I came back, that week was consumed by me catching up with work and catching up with the kids and playing with my son because he missed me so much. He was extra clingy. I'm sure you guys remember this. So all of this happened when I was just really busy. So I was around, you know, I would see Bibi. She was fine. You know, she was a little maybe more tired than usual, but I didn't think that anything was wrong. And, you know, my husband would observe her, other people would observe her and say she's acting better. So I thought that was just part of her recovery. And then Saturday morning, I woke up and I always come downstairs. I give them water and food and they're, you know, always waiting for me. I saw Bibi, she was on her feet fine. And I still remember that moment clearly. And I almost wish I picked her up and held her and just like looked at her in her eyes and just, you know, checked up on her. But I was just, okay, I got to fix the kids breakfast. My kids are hungry. I have to, you know, clean up all the dog pee and I have to do all these dishes. I was just in like my typical Saturday morning mom hustle mode, just cleaning mode. I just gave them food and water and went about my day. And then that day I had a friend come pick up some baby stuff. So I was home, but I just wasn't paying extra attention to Bibi because I don't normally do that. She's just always around, you know, she's like part of our family. You know, she's just there. We have a busy household with a lot of kids and she was just always there. And uh, at nighttime, my husband and I were watching a movie and then it occurred to me that I hadn't, I haven't seen Bibi all day. It just like dawned on me like around 11.30. So I said, wait, wait a minute. Where's Bibi? I looked in the crate and she was just sleeping. But when I got closer, I can tell she wasn't just sleeping. Like her body was lifeless. Right before I touched her, I just already knew, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. No, no. Like, please, you know, like, please don't tell me this is true. I touched her. Her body was stiff and cold. And normally, no matter how deep she's sleeping, when we call her name, she wags her tail. Like we know she's always, you know, she, I can tell that she's there, but that day she was gone. And I remember my husband was right next to me and I said, I think at this point I was freaking out. And I told my husband, Oh my gosh, babies, I think she's dead. Like she's cold. And my husband was like, what? What are you talking about? We're both just in shock. I said, Oh my God, I can't, I can't get her do something, you know, by the time. You know, my husband got to her and, you know, he knew that she was dead. It was like the most heartbreaking moment of my life. 
and the shock was just intense. And I think I just kind of like got really loud. I was, you know, like hysterical and I was calling my dad hysterically crying and my husband was crying and it was just a very like the next couple of hours. I don't really remember. I called my second daughter because she's still awake and she's old enough to understand. So I told her what happened. She came out. She was, of course, freaking out, crying. And it was just, you know, I, I'd say three to four hours of just like hysteria and just like sadness and just a lot of like intense emotions. And then my husband found a place that, you know, there's a uh, people that are on call like 24 hours. It's a van that comes and they pick up your dead animals and you choose, you know, how you want their ashes. You choose a design. And so my husband arranged that. So, I mean, at this point, I just had BB wrapped in a blanket. I had her um, on our couch. It's like her favorite couch. I almost like never want to throw away that couch because that was like our dog's couch. Like we never really sat there. And I just cried over her body. And I'm so thankful I got to do this because it did give me some closure. And, you know, I got to hold her and cry over her and tell her how much I love her. And, you know, it was just really, really heartbreaking. And then my husband got a call that the van was outside. So he came and I carried the baby her dead body out and I just you know, I had to put it in this body bag and it, luckily I had her wrapped in a blanket and it's actually a pink blanket and it's a blanket that Elise used to use and the Tessa used this. I'm so glad that I got to wrap her in that and just like that you know I, I laid her body in the body bag and I was crying and it was just you know like a, a very very sad moment and that was it. The van drove off and that was it. And my grieving journey began. And I, from that day, I honestly don't remember. Like the next 24 hours was just couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't think. I felt just so um, overwhelmed with uh, very heavy emotion, heavy and intense emotion. Yeah, couldn't do anything, couldn't share on social media, couldn't talk to anybody. I was just feeling all the pain that I felt inside. So once the 24 hour passed, I started just looking through my phone for the photos and any videos I can find, just wishing that I had more. So if you're out there and you have a, a beloved pet, you know, please get a lot of pictures and videos of them. That's one of my biggest regrets because, you know, when you have four kids, I'm a blogger. I take a ton of photos of my kids, even of myself with children. And, you know, occasionally like the dogs were around, but I never really got to taking solo photos with my pets. I wish I did more of that because they were so, so precious or they are precious. And what's really funny is that I uh, I was taking a photo in my backyard during quarantine. It was a photo of like this new swimsuit that a brand had sent to me and I was posing outside. It was like a backyard quarantine shot and BB, I can tell was right next to me and she wanted to be in the photo. So I grabbed her. So she was in the photo and I had no idea that would be our last photo together. That was really heartbreaking, but at the same time, I felt so grateful. I almost feel like she knew that this was meant to happen. Looking back, I mean, when this first happened, I was just in shock and 
not much anger, but just a lot of regret and guilt, you know, feeling like I didn't do enough and that I should have done more, that I could have done something to change the outcome. And since then, I was fortunate enough to talk to some of my friends, some real life friends, some online friends who experienced a similar loss of a beloved pet. And they all tell me that when it comes to our animals, there's always a lot of guilt because, you know, because they are animals, they get left behind more than our human children. You know, when we go on vacations or when we're going to places and dogs aren't always allowed, the dogs spend a lot of time at home. And that was a big part of my guilt. Just the day before she passed away, we're on a family hike unintentionally. We're just out and we stopped by this beautiful regional center and we're just walking alongside the lake. And I remember thinking, like, I want to come back here with the dogs. We don't walk them enough. And, you know, that's because I have four kids and even walking with four kids is a lot of work, especially with my busy and active four-year-old son and the baby. So, you know, sometimes, uh, honestly, it's a lot. And, you know, taking our animals out is extra work. And, you know, our cars are already full. Our full-sized SUV is totally full with human children and our luggage. Like, there's really no room for anyone else, really. And when she died, a big part of my regret was that I got to show her more places, that I got to take them to the beach and travel with them and, you know, just show them more places because they were such amazing dogs to travel with. And honestly, like if we went to any other family without children, like she would have loved it. And the owner would love her because she was the easiest dog to love. She was so sweet, so gentle spirited, yet she still had her fun, you know, quirky side too. You know, she was a perfect, perfect dog. But at the same time, I know that she loved being a part of our family and she loved my children so much. And I will always have fond memories with her. My kids loved her so much too, and they still do. In fact, my son just talked about yesterday. He just said, mommy, like, let's take uh, Bibi and Bailey to the beach next time. So I think, you know, him, he just turned four. So I think he doesn't really understand that Bibi's dead. I don't think he understands the concept of death and he's not actively looking for her because I think she's always been around. So he doesn't even know yet that she's dead. So I asked him, like, do you know heaven? And he was like, heaven? What's that? Like, he doesn't really know. So I didn't want to, you know, push it on him. So we're just going to take it, you know, just take it day by day. And I also learned that people grieve differently. My husband became a huge softy around her. He loved that dog too, but he's not like, when you see him, he's not like an active dog lover, probably because he has so many kids and he's still busy, but I know he really loved Phoebe and I think he has his own set of guilt. Phoebe lived for him, like his attention. And we would say that. We would say, oh, she lives for your attention, babe. And he knew that, but you know, like when like we're busy parenting, working and raising children, so I did see tears from my husband, but the thereafter, you know, he's definitely not as verbal about it, 
when I, when I ask him, like, how do you feel? He would tell me he's sad and it kind of comes. There are just moments when it comes and I know there were tears and I know he feels a lot of sadness, but I do think he has a better ability to like turn it off and on, like compartmentalize. And I've heard this from various, uh, psychologists that men have a better ability to compartmentalize. Their brain's like a waffle where there are different compartments versus like women's brains are our brains are like pasta. It's all tangled together. There were uh, moments where I felt misunderstood or not understood enough because my husband wasn't grieving the way I was. Like I grieve by the first couple of days I shut down. And then after that, I want to talk. I want to talk about it. So Luckily, I had a few friends that I can text, you know, who also struggled with grief after their dog loss. So I texted some of my girlfriends, asked them, you know, how was it? How did you feel? It just felt really good to be able to express myself and just, you know, talk about it. That's one thing I know about grief is it really helps to talk to connect with someone. You don't need to like talk to everyone about it. And there might be some insensitive people who don't understand who might say it was only a dog, which is so not true because our pets are our family. And sure, they're different than our human children, but that doesn't mean that their place in our hearts and in our family is any less. It's just different, but just as precious and special. So I'm very thankful for my girlfriends who are there for me and I'm still going through it. You know, I'm still, I'm still going through it. And it's so funny that if you listen to my very first episode, I was recording an episode and BB barked in the background. And instead of cutting it out, cause it can be like background noise, I actually said, Oh, I want to record an episode about pets. And that's what I'm doing today. I had no idea that I'd be recording this after she dies because she was only seven years old, turning eight in December. And I feel so bad. Like I never celebrated her birthday, even though she was born in our laundry room. You know, after celebrating my children's birthday and everything else, I just, you know, like won't even remember it. And now I regret all the busyness of my life. And I think that was Bibi's greatest lesson for me is to teach me to slow down and to really savor and cherish each moment we have with our loved ones. And I know I say that a lot and I know it in my head, but sometimes it takes instances like this to truly feel your heart needs to be broken for it to feel alive again. And I wish that BB never had to die to teach me this lesson. But at the same time, I also know that when it comes to life and death, it's all God. You know, we're not in control. As much as I thought that I knew Bibi and I knew her health, the state of her health, I didn't really know. Looking back, I think she may have had a stroke or some kind of a heart condition. We did take her to the vet and it went undetected. And after speaking to my dad, even he said, you know, there are some instances where there's really no cause and even vets can't figure it out. And it's sad because they're animals. They can't really speak to us. So my dad said, even in his 30 plus years of veterinary practice, he's never seen something like this, which goes to show how suddenly she left. And I can't help but to think that she left to teach me this uh, beautiful 
invaluable lesson about life and just to, you know, really be good to our family when they're here because we truly don't know when that time will end, whether it's your fur baby, your parents, your siblings, your children. Sometimes we parents are so caught up with our children that we don't give enough attention to our fur babies, even though our animals have a very special place in our hearts. And, you know, if you don't have kids and you only have uh, fur babies and sometimes you're so, you know, you kind of like they're always there that we get you can get caught up with work or, you know, with your relationship. I think it's easier to be a fur baby mama if you don't have kids. But once you become a mom, things change. And that's, you know, no one's fault. That's just the way things go. But this was a big lesson that I did take a baby's presence in my life for granted she was an angel in our family and she has such a special place in our family and in our hearts and I took it for granted and it took her death her sudden death because I feel like if her death was if it was slower if I knew that she was ill or you know she wasn't feeling good I think I would have had more time to prepare but I think she left suddenly because she loves me so much I think she knew that, you know, this back and forth doctor's visits and, you know, being on medicine or going through surgery would just be too much for me at this time. And I really, truly believe that baby left like that for me, which breaks my heart even more. And I had to truly grieve that. And today, I know I talk about this in earlier episodes, but after my grandmother passed away, I got closer to her. I can feel my grandmother's warm presence in my life. Not every day, but there are moments when I feel her. And I'm hoping that I can feel BB like that too. This past week, the grief was just so deep and I was just so heartbroken and I was just too sad that I couldn't feel her. But I'm hoping that, you know, as this intense grief turns into sadness and then the sadness turns to peace, I don't think I could ever stop missing her because I really imagined my future with her in it. Uh, We may be moving sometime soon. And even when we're looking for homes, I always look for homes with Bibi in mind. She loves the backyard. She loves a pool. I always imagined her just being a part of our family traditions for a long time. And she just left so suddenly and I miss her so much. And I, But I know that I'm lucky to be able to learn this lesson through my fur baby and not my real child. You know, so many mothers grieve their children for an entire lifetime. My friend Emily Lindsay lost her son at day three and I could only imagine the depth of her pain. So, you know, I know that I'm lucky, but that doesn't mean that my grief isn't real and it's not valid. So if you're out there grieving your pet's death, your feelings are valid. Our pets are precious souls. I really think Bibi's my soulmate because I've had many dogs and deaths in my lifetime or I've experienced many deaths in my lifetime and none felt like this. I've had animals where I love them, but it definitely wasn't as deep as me and Bibi. And I really believe that we're soulmates. I know it sounds crazy, but I really think she's my soulmate. And it's been hard, you know, to grieve because I'm a mom. 
So I had to celebrate my son's fourth birthday like two days after. It was so hard. But luckily, you know, this is where your, you know, motherhood community, your village can be so helpful. Uh, my friend who's a baker, she was kind enough to drive all the way over to my home to drop off the, the cake and the desserts and another vendor that I use. She kindly left the balloons by my doorstep so I didn't have to do anything. My husband did the cooking so I was very fortunate to be able to throw my son a really meaningful birthday. I mean he loved it. It was a dinosaur themed birthday. He had so much fun. I don't think he had any idea what was happening and I was just really really happy to see him smile and we had a great time and it was really really hard to get through that through that day because baby loved our backyard. And that's her favorite place in our house. And that's where we spent a lot of time that day. So I was constantly fighting back tears. But, you know, luckily it was a small group of family and they all knew what happened. So I was able to step away from the crowd and just silently go in my bedroom and cry if I have to. I was kind of like performing, you know, like smiling, I'll celebrate, I'll kind of like put it aside. And then I'll think about Bibi and the, the you know, memories of her will come like flooding back. I'll go in my room, I'll cry, and then I'll wipe my tears, go back and smile some more. You know, grief is a really funny thing when you're a mom because you don't have a proper space and time for it. I just uh, spent a lot of time in my room, but you can't. You have to get out of bed. There were times when I had such a hard time getting out of bed. I just wanted to stay in bed forever and not wake up. And you guys know I have a history with depression. So when I'm sad, I go into that place where I don't want to wake up. I sleep forever. I know some women, they don't sleep when they're depressed. For me, it's sleeping too much. So like Sunday was like one week after BB's passing. And that Saturday, I was triggered again. I was so sad again. And I went very deep into this sad, dark place. Sunday morning, I woke up and I didn't want to get out of bed. So I think that day I stayed in bed until like noon and my husband was understanding. He knows that's how I deal with grief. But I know some of you out there or other moms out there don't have that luxury to sleep in. You might be in deep sorrow and you still have to wake up and cook and clean and keep your kids alive. It's such a hard, hard thing. It's so hard. I mean, the amount of sacrifice, these are the big sacrifices that we make. You know, there's the everyday smaller sacrifices like not being able to shower in peace or drinking cold coffee. Like those are the smaller sacrifices. Things like this, like not being able to grieve properly is a bigger sacrifice that, you know, if you're there, just know that you're not alone and that your feelings are valid. I hope that you find a place to grieve quietly because I think those tears do have to flow. Sometimes crying is very therapeutic. I spent many days crying after this happened. The first couple of days, I cried so much that I couldn't even open my eyes. And it was just really, really hard. But, you know, looking back, I'm thankful that I have my memories with Bibi and that I have my family, my four children, my husband, and I have you guys who I consider to be my friends, my community. Thank you guys for being there. So if you're out there and you still have grieving to do, it's my 
hope that you can allow yourself time and space and grace to heal. I forgot to mention this earlier, but if you wonder how I broke the news to my children, it really depends on the age of your children. My oldest daughter, special needs daughter, she didn't know until the day after she started looking for her. I told her she went to heaven and she said, with Lola, with Romeo, that's my dog from college. I said, yeah, with Romeo. And luckily, she's a very um, pure soul and she doesn't really stay in sadness for too long. So she was okay. My second daughter, um, who was probably closest to Bibi, cried a lot. She spent like two days crying intensely. And then I think she's just keeping herself distracted with friends, which I understand. And my son doesn't really know yet. My husband is grieving differently. So grief, the process can look different for everyone. But of course, it is some reason it falls upon our shoulders to know the different ways in which our family grieves and there's no right or wrong way. But I think what's important is that everyone processes it in ways that work. I did have a conversation with my daughter. I sat her down. I said, are you sad because you're kind of acting okay? And she told me she was very sad and that was just her way of grieving and it just looks differently and she's actually stronger than I thought. So I was very like impressed with her emotional strength. Not to say that crying is weakness because crying is very necessary, but you know, it, it was very surprising to know that my daughter is actually stronger than I thought and I was proud of her. And me on the other hand, I'm a feeler. I'm a very emotional, intuitive, empathetic person. So I think it's taking me the longest and hopefully it'll get there. I don't know how long this process will take, but I'll get there. So when that time comes, when I'm a little clearer on the grief journey, I hope to share with you guys the next story. As of today, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for being here and just being a part of this community. I truly appreciate you. I hope that there was something in this episode that you found valuable or relatable. Thank you so much and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next. Talk to you next week.